0: From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com Welcome to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online Tony and Jenny Bruschi joining you once again For more of your real ghost stories You guys have submitted to us via phone call at 855-853-4802 Or through our website at RealGhostStoriesOnline.com If you've not yet submitted one We would absolutely love to hear yours So please do do that And whatever platform you may be listening to us on right now Press the subscribe button. Don't wait any longer. Don't just come back and search the show every day and see if there's a new episode. Press subscribe. It goes right to your device. It's right there for you. And by you doing that, it's not only a huge convenience for you, it helps us out tremendously by having you as a subscriber. One of those little things that helps us climb those ranks and lets more people know that we actually exist. So... Please do press the subscribe button. And hey, if you leave us a review on iTunes right now, we have a bonus for you. Leave us a review, some stars, email me the username that you did that under. You email Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com, and I'll send you a bonus episode of the show straight from me to you uh, as a thank you uh, for doing just that. So, uh, lots of nice things. And we have uh, apparel as well now, too. Lovely apparel. We're going to have a fashion show, um, and uh, weird floating entities are going to wear it and down the runway. Oh, De- there you go. Dead models is what we're going to have. Dead this. models. It'll be great. Uh, but no, like real, you know, I got T-shirts and uh, some fun hoodies and all sorts of fun stuff. There's even like this, this Snuggie-esque like thing on there that looks like a ghost. It does. It really, it's, it's like, they call it something because it's not a true Snuggie. It's like blankets. What the, what the hell do they call it?
1: It's a sleeved blanket is uh, what
0: it is. Uh, blanket wrap is what it's called. And it, it looks spooky as hell. If you were wearing that thing and walking around your house on roller skates, uh, you could scare a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> because it looks like something a ghost would be wearing. But uh, you can get it. It's got our logo on it. And uh, you can uh, just sit there around your house listen to Real Ghost Stories Online in your blanket wrap. Uh, from Real Ghost Stories Online. Go to our store uh, on our website at Real Ghost Stories Online to, uh, to find all that. And uh, you uh, supporting us and buying some stuff there helps the show out. So thank you in advance for doing that uh, as well. Uh, interesting uh, technology as it evolves. Uh, so do the apparent use of uh, spirits uh, through it. A priest, a, a Polish priest, is claiming he's been getting hate texts from a demon. Okay. A uh, parish priest, Father Marian Rogel from uh, Jaroslaw, a town in southern eastern Poland, said he started getting the texts after carrying out an exorcism on a teenage girl. But he said that the attempt to drive out the devil from the girl's soul soul clearly failed and that he was now uh, using the teenager to attack him by using mobile phone messages. He told local media the author of these texts is an evil spirit who has possessed her soul. He said that the devil and his followers were not shy about using modern technology, but that in many cases their actions were not identified as being the work of the devil. He said often the owners of the mobile phones are not even aware that they are being used like this. However, in this case, it's quite clear. He said one of the text messages read, She will not come out of this hell. She's mine. Anyone who prays for her will die. He said, however, that he has uh, prayed for her and sent back uh, another text message, getting the message in return. Shut up, preacher. You cannot save yourself, idiot. You pathetic old preacher. He added, clearly this young girl has been possessed and needs further help. So it's not like the texts are necessarily coming from no one and they're not like just appearing into thin air. Um, That was
1: what I was thinking. Yeah, that's
0: what I was thinking, too. But... So the girl mm-hmm. is texting the priest back, but the priest is saying that the girl is still possessed and, you know, it's the entity in her that's sending these specific text messages back. I'm wondering if they use like, smileys or anything like that. You know, I like, don't like know. Link's
1: does he have... Hearts. A, does he ever LOL,
0: you know? And I'm, I'm sure, you know, all, like, the different, like, uh, you know, uh, pictures you can, you know, put on text to it. I have no idea how to do, but somehow our children know how to do those Yeah, things. I know. Uh, and they don't have phones uh but they they know what code you need to put in i'm i'm guessing there's probably like a devil i think there is a devil face you can make too so i'm wondering if that's going on as well <laughs> <laughs> love devil face you know that's funny i don't, you know but in all seriousness it makes sense you know if if that's what is going on and not to make fun of it but i mean i'm kind of making fun of it um i believe it i mean if this girl is legitimately possessed and the priest um you know, is having some sort of interaction with her. It's, you know, it's it's no different than, like, getting a weird letter, you know, back in, uh, you know, when that's how we communicated before technology. It's just the means of communication. So I guess it does make total sense that uh, the entity would be communicating through a text message.
1: See, I think that story would be so much more interesting if it was just random Text that couldn't be traced, you know?
0: Yeah. I wonder if that's ever happened. You know, I've, I've wondered about that with the spirit boxes and all the five bazillion ghost apps that are out there that can apparently decipher words, you know, like ghost radar and the the 52 other ones. Um, I, I, am wondering if there ever has been texts from the dead to anyone where the person's gone, their phone's gone. Um, and or the the person died, and then like days later, they're getting text from that person or something.
1: That could just be our carrier. Our carrier is horrible, <laughs> that's and that true.
0: happens. You get text like three days later. Wouldn't that be oh, awful? Hey.
1: Somebody dies in a car accident, and then a text that they sent before. I, shows bet, up? I bet. I bet
0: that's happened. Yeah, where the carrier just completely messed it up. But I'm wondering if the the latter has happened, where it's like I'm okay or some something like that comes through a text. I'm surprised. There's not more of that going on, sure, because it seems like a fairly, I guess, easy means for a spirit to communicate, as mm-hmm. complex as it sounds. But if they're able to, to get messages out through an app, you know, or through a ghost detector, I would think a text would be just as easy to to you send. Would think I don't so. know. I, yeah. mean, I don't know how message and data rates apply to the undead, but. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's a little different. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if anyone has any info on that idea uh, or concept, maybe maybe it does happen more frequently. We're just unaware of it. 855 853 4802 is our number. Or you can always write into us at RealGhostStoriesOnline. Just go to our website. Um, another uh, person writing in on YouTube uh, to answer your question about animals yes, especially dogs can hear EVPs. It's on their frequency. Okay. Okay. I guess that does makes some sense. What I don't understand about the EVP thing and the, oh, it's a different frequency, this or that. <sighs> when you're recording audio, I know a, a thing or two about recording audio. Okay? And I've, I've been saying this for quite a while. Um, when When you are recording audio, it's not picking up other frequencies when you are recording vocal audio on a vocal recorder. So, that's the weird part to me, of why humans are not able to hear the EVPs, but they're they're showing up on the recorders, and it, and it's not just tapes. I get tapes where the magnetic field on there, but it's it's the digital recorders that pick them up just as well.
1: Okay,
0: um, that's what I'm not. I don't quite understand as to why they're not more audible just to people. And I've talked about this before for an idea for an EVP recorder, and I've actually presented this to a couple. Uh, ghost hunter people Um, if you walked around with a recording device and you had headphones on and you're trying to pick up the evps and not just get them later you know you're not going to go and pick them up okay three hours later when you're reviewing the tape if you could figure out a way to do this and this wouldn't be that hard especially with an old tape recording device of the audio that's playing back in your headphones have it be not the raw audio that you're like we're hearing right now as we're talking have it be like 0.5 second delayed and have it be the audio that's already captured onto the machine playing back into your ear that way you're able to hear somewhat instantly the EVP that's being recorded onto the device makes sense
1: yeah yeah it does so so just like when you like when you were at the station there was like a 7 Second yeah, or I mean, so delay. Essentially,
0: it's like that. I yeah. mean, and I, I mean, I my thought goes back to the old reel to reel days, um, where when you were recording something on a reel to reel device, um, if you had the speaker on the actual reel to reel device on in the background in your studio, about point five or one second after you actually said something, you'd be hearing it back on the tape back there because that device is playing back what's on the tape. Okay, out loud. So essentially, a device like that that's not just Transmitting the audio, but it's simply playing back the audio to you that you're recording. Okay. I would think this must exist by now, but I don't know. I'm just thinking that would be a great way where you could literally walk through a haunted environment with your headphones on, with your microphone out, pick up the EVPs and hear them in real time, allowing you to interact with them in real time. Um, and you're not just taking the word of an app or a spirit box or whatever the hell you're using um, is saying, here's what the ghosts are saying. You know, but then again, you're going to have to sit there and try and, you have to be pretty good at deciphering an EVP on the fly.
1: Yeah, because so often I don't hear what it's trying to say until somebody says, oh, here's what it said.
0: And you have to make sure that it's not just yourself uh, doing something like that, making that noise that was not an EVP, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That, you know, because a lot of people have now written in on that note, um, trying to interpret what the EVP they thought was on our show the other day. Some people think it's saying hello. Some people think it's uh, saying you thought it was saying our daughter's name. Um, It's me. It's me not getting a word out. I know. But it's it's funny because I'm looking at the comments on YouTube and there's all these theories as to what it is. it's just me. Someone else pointed out another EVP
1: on a different spot. On a different
0: spot. And again, I really do applaud you for listening that closely to our show. Um that's baffles me. Um it's awesome and I thank you, but they pointed it out and I listened to it. I'm not even going to play it back because me. I mean even more clearly me than the other one. Okay. It was me like eh, doing that. Okay. Before I said something. Um Not to say that we're not going to ever get an EVP on this show. I would be very cool with that. I'm just saying that was not an EVP.
1: So if I guess if our listeners believe they've heard one on the show, they need to let us know when and where. Yeah,
2: I'll listen back. And if I can't
0: explain it, I'll be the first to tell you I can't explain it. Someone was saying, well, that one that we listened to on the previous episode they said that it actually continued on behind my voice as i continued speaking it transitioned into my voice because it was my voice i did not hear it continuing on behind me okay are are you still thinking this was an evp
1: i don't know the thing is i do not honestly know I could see it go either way. It didn't sound like any noise I've ever heard you make in the whole five years that we've been together. I think a
0: lot of people just really want to have an EVP. It's and a ghost then, show. What do they, you think? they make it in... That's the that's the thing, though. It's like... Uh, that's that's the, the, the threshold. We have to be very careful we don't step over. That we don't make a ghost out of something that's not a ghost.
1: I know. You know? I know. But these... These are people that enjoy paranormal so related things. So, yes, so if they hear something creepy, I, I as wish that it, I know
0: I, I just, it just what I'm saying is it baffles me that even I, I I've i debunked it already. And people I, I still get, well, maybe it's. There. I don't know. I, I wish it was. Trust me. There's no one who wishes there was an EVP more than me. And if we get one and you catch one. And you th- Or you think you heard one, please do keep sharing what you think, and I'll listen, and eventually one of these days we're going to get something. And but
1: we've pay. debunked the one on the Snowstorm Demon episode. Yes. Okay. That one
0: is debunked. I can assure you it was not an EVP. I wish it was. And it did kind of sound like one. I totally get where people are coming from.
1: It sounded just like
0: one. I, and I'm not discounting anyone who thought it was, because you're right, it did sound like one, but I know exactly how my speech uh patterns are and the way i speak i there was one right there you could have picked up I was like ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's how i talk yeah um okay if i'm not saying um i'm going <laughs> And if you amplify that and play it in reverse, I probably just said Paul is dead or something of that nature. (laughs) No,
1: that's only if you play the Beatles record backwards.
0: (laughs) So there you go. Uh, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in. With your real ghost stories, we would love to hear them. Let's go to a caller at 855-853-4802. Hi,
2: Hello, this is Marcy. I've been commenting on the show quite a bit. And those are my dogs. Sorry about that. And I'd like to... uh,
0: Those are EVPs.
2: Start off where it all really started. When I was three years old, I uh, was in a graveyard with my mother because there was a blueberry patch on the other side. So we were walking through to get to the blueberries. And it was coming on dusk, so it was kind of like orange and pink in the sky, and and um, I remember this very clearly as I could, <laughs> um, I was, uh, I remember that I was running through the uh, gravestones, and I remember seeing a little girl with blonde hair, and she had a white dress on, and a white hat. Her hair was blonde and curly and it was over her face and I couldn't really see her face because the bonnet was over it. And she was playing with me. We were playing hide and seek with behind the gravestones. Mother doesn't remember this, but she does remember me loving that graveyard. And I had no fear of her. In fact, I actually thought she was a, a kid until later it was clear that it was actually coming on noon and I was with my mom but that girl was with nobody and there was no one else around. I mentioned the clothes to my mother and she says that it sounds actually like something she was buried in like an Easter Sunday type dress for church and she had a pink ribbon on the top as well and then when I was in grade primary or grade one, I'm not actually sure about this, I I saw a little boy and I was in the corner at at gym. Everybody else was playing and I was a bit of a loner always, so I was in the corner and I heard a kid say to me, hi, and I looked up and it, there was this little boy there, he had a pair of denim jeans on rolled up cuffs on the bottom and a plaid shirt with rolled up cuffs on the top of the shirt just like shoulder length and his hair was all slicked back like he was about my age five or six and he said hi I just have to get home now because it's almost lunch and the Lone Ranger's coming on I don't want to miss my favorite show and I just looked at him and I said it's not even lunch time yet he said I have to hurry now and then I turned away, and and when I looked back, he was gone. And this happened two days in a row, the same conversation twice in a row, until I actually got kind of fed up with it, and I ran to the principal. And I told him I was hearing a little boy and seeing a little boy, but apparently my friends couldn't, and he said... All right, then, uh, I have to talk to your mother about this. So, unfortunately, they told my mother, and I had to go to the psychiatrist for this, and the psychiatrist asked me the clear questions like, what did this child ever tell you to do things? But I always said, no, it was never like that. And she chalked it up for me having an overactive imagination, but since then, I was somewhat deemed different or weird and it was hard for me in school and now I after that I shut it out I imagine I could have been a lot stronger but now every time I walk into a building I can feel if something happened there I can actually look at a house and tell if something happened there Uh, Me and my sister were driving one day, and I saw a house, and I said, Oh, that house is so sad. I just don't like it. And she said that a little boy died playing hockey, and his mother never changed his bedroom. I felt like the little boy was trapped in there, and I I had to suppress the urge to go in and tell the mother that she should let him go, because uh, I felt like he was stuck in there. And just been stuff like that constantly throughout my life. I went ghost hunting with my boyfriend and we had a makeshift o- ovulus and it said it had no names actually imprinted into it other than actual not human names it had words it's somebody asked who would you like to speak to and the spirit fu- spirit box ovulus thing said I would like to speak to Mercy. My name is Mercy, so I think that it was trying to say my name, but with only the words that were in the box, it shows Mercy. Uh, I just had a lot of stuff go on in my entire life. I even had many ghost dogs. Many ghost dogs. And this, that's another story. Okay. Sorry about the dogs barking. Goodbye.
0: Wouldn't it be great if she like she said and there's no dogs in my house right now. <laughs> but all those dogs in the background.
1: I do want to hear about the ghost pets and I understand the the feeling like a loner thing as a kid. I spent quite a bit of time playing on my own as well, but you're not weird. There's nothing wrong with you. You just have special abilities and people just need to realize that.
0: Just some good stories, mm-hmm. you know, very interesting. I mean, I, I was convinced, you know, she's very authentic. And, and I'm not at all surprised the route that the school took and the parents took. Let's go see the psychologist. You're hearing voices. I hate
1: know. that. I hate that because that, that just makes kids feel like they can't tell the truth.
0: Sure. But the thing is, you, you have to look at it, though. You, I mean, you have to start from a medical perspective. If, if a child is, is coming up to you saying, I'm hearing voices, I think the the first thing should be looking at that, and then take it from there. See what they say, see how it's coming out. You know, because it, it could, you know, I'm not saying that in her case it's schizophrenia. I don't think it is at all. But in some cases, it certainly could be. Well... you know, it, And it's good to catch that before that gets out of control. And, I mean, the first thing you shouldn't be saying is ghosts, you know...
1: I agree. It's good to find out what the voices are telling the child. Now, I have to say, schizophrenia is not commonly something that comes on and young. It sure. usually comes on, you know, over the age of twenty-one. Mm-hmm. But it's good to find out in this day and age what the voices are telling the kid. But honestly, if they say the exact thing that she said, and there's
0: nothing else going on. Yeah, I mean, then, but that's the thing. Get to the place yeah. of what what is this saying to you? If it's just completely harmless, nothing
1: but then okay. labeling a kid as an overactive imagination because she's able to sure. see things other kids aren't I think that's
0: Yeah, I mean but what else are they going to say?
1: Well, I think if our kid came to us and said she saw something like that, I wouldn't oh, really be that sure. upset. Well, it's
0: one thing with what we're going to say.
1: Well, I know. <laughs> I know, know. But,
0: but it's another what the school or anything else is going to say about it, you know. You're not going to get the common reaction of oh, eh, you see ghosts. No big no. deal.
1: I know. <laughs> I guess it's just a soft spot with me. Yeah,
0: I, I totally get it. You know, um, you know, and I'm not at all surprised the route that they, you have to take with it. But I, I'm glad. I mean, you know, they didn't keep pushing her. They didn't like institutionalize her or anything no. like that. I'm glad they just kind of like, all right, well, let it go, because that's kind of where it ended. You know, I think that was nice. I could yeah. have seen that in some cases where some parents would have pushed that much further. Let's get the kid all drugged up, you know, and there's no need for it. Right. You know, so. But thank you for the call, and thank you for the story. Uh, I believe she did call in again, so we do probably have a follow-up call from her uh, in a future episode that we can play back. I saw that uh, we had two calls from her, so that's exciting. Uh, The phone number to call in if you have a real ghost story is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, to share your real ghost story with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to a letter. This one comes in to us from Todd. And uh, Todd writes in, I bought my former house in 2006, an older home built in 1925. I love history and older homes, so I always do some research on the places I buy. found out that the home was built by a doctor, and he may have used it for some of his practice. Let me assure you that I had never noticed anything strange in my house. I had a friend who rented out the second story who claimed to hear voices, footsteps, and bangs in the first floor at night. I, however, did not believe her. A few years ago, I began researching the paranormal with a small group of friends. I am a skeptic at best, I believe, but disbelieve something needs to slap me in the face in order for me to believe it, and even then, I sometimes don't believe it to be real. I purchased a new piece of equipment for the investigations, an EMF detector called a K2 meter. It measures electromagnetic fields, and had never really used it before. I invited a friend over to my house to test it out, give it a try. What happened that afternoon changed my mind about my house. We started out with the meter, checking for stray voltage in my older home. Nothing really stood out as an issue. Then we started asking questions. For about 15 minutes, we asked the typical, is there anyone with us today? If you're with us, please come close to us and let us know of your presence. Nothing. Deader than a doornail. What does that mean anyway? I got up and out of the room. And started doing dishes. My friend continued her questioning. Let me say that my friend calls herself a sensitive. I typically call her crazy, but I digress. At some point in her questioning, she asked me to rejoin her. As she was starting to see the lights blinking in response to her questions, I joined her but said nothing. Over the course of about 45 minutes asking yes and no questions, my friend determined that we were in the presence of a 65-year-old man who was a professional. She couldn't determine if he was a doctor or a lawyer. She also believed that his name was Charles. After sitting there in amazement, the lights started blinking less and less until finally they went off altogether. The conversation was over. I sat there, still in disbelief. There must be stray voltage in my house. A plane overhead was making the lights blink. The batteries were already weak and needed changing. All of those thoughts went through my head. Even though we may have found out that the energy with us may have been a doctor, and even though the name was Charles, the name Charles was the first name of the doctor who built the house and had his practice there, I still didn't believe. Since the conversation was over, we began talking about work and complaining about the company who gave us a check every other week. At that moment, both my friend and I distinctly heard several steps go down the hall upstairs. The entire home had hardwood floors, and the hallway upstairs ran the entire length of the home, as did the hallway on the first floor. After seven or eight deliberate steps, a door slammed. I sat there, my jaw wide open. So was my friend's jaw. "'I, however, had tears welling up in my eyes. "'This had never happened before in my house. "'No one was upstairs. "'No one had lived upstairs for about a year. "'There had never been those types of sounds in my home. "'A building that never creaked and groaned "'and was built solid. "'Who's upstairs?' my friend asked. "'As a tear rolled down my cheek, I whispered, "'No one. "'Nothing happened in my home again for a few years.' And another friend, someone else who claimed to be sensitive, visited, and things happened again. To be continued. Wow. And he has a question for us both. Do these things uh, always exist almost everywhere, but only are known because certain people with certain energies help bring them out? I'm beginning to wonder.
1: I think that might be part of it. I think that's why some people can see things and have experiences and others can't.
0: Yeah, it's kind of, I would think almost to the thought process of they know who can see them. Mm -hmm. And when there is someone there, especially someone that they may have been trying to communicate with, someone who continually denies that they're there or pretends or likes to deny, you know, somewhat, but is, is kind of on the fence, uh, like Todd there, um, they may just see that as, oh, God, this person's here. If I can put on quite one hell of a show today for this person, maybe I can get my person, essentially, it's almost like they're the pet of sure. the house, to realize and acknowledge that I exist. Okay. That's my thoughts on it.
1: I think they know who can see them and who can't. I agree with that. And I think some people will just rationalize themselves out of... Any possibility? I mean, there's no way to rationalize footsteps and a door slamming when there's yeah. nobody upstairs.
0: Well, and the thing is, okay, I gotta say I, I know Todd. I've known Todd for years. Todd is was actually uh, my first boss in in the world of radio. Oh, this is that. This Todd? is Todd.
1: Well, hi, Todd. Uh, this
0: is uh, this is Todd, uh, and, and he was uh, he gave me my first job when I was 14 years old in radio, and he's one of my oldest and, and, and best friends in life and um he has a lot of ghost stories um so i mean it's hard to, to say he's a skeptic skeptic, but it's his own words. But um, he does, you know, he, he wants proof on things. Sure. And that's good. He um, doesn't just give into it. Um, but there's been a lot of weird things that, that he's heard and witnessed, um, not only at the radio station, that uh, we both used to work at. The
1: one with the Underground Railroad? With the Underground tunnel. Railroad, yes. I hate that building.
0: And there's plenty of, I mean, that's a we could do a whole episode on that um, and just have him on to talk about that. Um but um, there, there's a lot of, of weird things. So, I, 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 this is the first time I've heard this story from him. Um, but there was one night, one of my fondest memories of back, uh, I think my teenage years was, and there's not really, I can't say this is a ghost story, but I guess in a way, I guess it kind of is because it was just, it was so odd. And out of the ordinary. We used to, on the weekends, go out and for extra money would uh, DJ weddings, you know. And um, I was about 16 or so at the time, and Todd was uh, probably, you know, just it turned around 30 or something. I think I remember teasing him about that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I would go and help him uh, DJ the weddings on the weekend uh, sometimes to make a little extra money, and I loved hanging out and talking radio with him. And One night, um, we had a a wedding to DJ, and I don't even know where the hell it was. It was uh, way up in the woods somewhere uh, in Wisconsin. Um, The directions were were scribbled down on a piece of paper, and this is pre- Smartphone days. I mean, the best cell phones you had back then maybe were those Nokia's. I think it was even prior to the Nokia type phones. You are maybe still talking brick phone days or car phone days. Okay. Um, This is like 97-ish. And so we are trying to find this place where we're supposed to DJ this wedding at. And we're driving, and it's dark, and it's fall. Um, it was, I think it was October or November. It was still around that time of year. So already kind of that spooky vibe going on. And, uh, all the leaves had, you know, still, still kind of falling off the trees. It was just creepy. Um, we're driving and driving and driving. We can't find the damn place. And we're to the point of almost giving up and turning around and saying, screw it. You know, your directions are off. We can't find this. Eventually, we go down this other road. Um, I think we're about ready to turn around, and we see this this like light off in the distance. And we're like, "Well, let's just go see what it is." Because we're in the country. Okay. These are just two lane country roads, woods, trees, and deer, mm-hmm. um, and a, a moon. And we see the light, and we it's the place. It's this hall that's off in. I, I think it was like a trailer park Honestly uh, that it was in I, I could be wrong but I remember Pulling into this area there was lots of Trailers and a hall, You know or that gets Rented out for events is you know essentially What it looks like you know your old 1950s Or 60s type dance hall Um and We get in there And the The whole atmosphere was just weird Um it felt like we had walked into a different time. I can't say, that, I mean, the people weren't wearing like a different period of clothing or anything. I mean, but they weren't necessarily wearing like 1997 clothing either. Okay. It was just kind of generic, where you could have taken them from any place. Um, so we go in, we DJ the thing. It was just kind of spooky. I go up to the bar to get a soda. And. They're serving glass bottles of soda. Now, this is 1997, the era when glass bottles were gone. You know, they're back today. You can buy them in pretty much any store. Uh, up to about 1992 or 93, you could as well. And then they just got completely phased out of every store, and it was pretty much plastic or cans. That's all you could get. Um, so it was weird. That was weird having, you know, getting a bottle. I remember going up to tug like, look at this glass bottles of soda this is kind of neat and when we left on the way back when we just talked about ghost stories the whole way back and it was just a freaky evening but that dance hall I'll never forget that night because it felt like we had gone back in time I still don't know where the hell it was and maybe todd remembers but it was just a weird weird experience and I I don't want to say that we you know we had ventured into some other dimension or something and were teaching for ghosts or something because I think they all still really much enjoyed uh, when we played Come on Eileen and uh you know all sorts of semi-modern songs uh, but it was just a weird night wow so i don't know
1: yeah that's a neat story
0: it was you know it was it was a very weird weird evening. Anywho, enough about that. Todd, write in the rest of your story. We'd love to hear it, uh, or feel free to uh, to call in to the show as well. 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802 is our phone number for your Real Ghost Stories. Of course, our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, that's where you write into us. And remember, if you have not subscribed yet, pause the show, go press subscribe. That helps us tremendously. Raised in those rankings And the higher our ranking The easier it is for people to find our show Subscribe And then we get more great real ghost stories To share with you And we need the love more than ever Because we're trying to put the show out to you Every single day of the week Okay, that's quite a feat Most normal shows on commercial radio do not go out seven days a week. We're going to attempt to do this as long as we have the material to do it for you. For uh, for it to you? For with it? For it to? I don't know. Something
1: like that. Something.
0: As long as we have the material to give it to you. There There we go. The material for you.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: There we go. Uh, so we need your ghost stories, and uh, we need more folks to listen to the show. So uh, thank you for all the love you have shown us. Keep sharing, and uh, keep showing us that love. Uh, let's go to another caller at 855-853-4802. Hi, you're on the air.
3: Hello, my name is Elsie, and I'm calling in regards to a topic that you and Jenny discussed a few episodes back about whether or not um, a prospective homebuyer buyer can ask about uh, ghosts or other issues in the household and whether or not realtors have to disclose that information. Several states, such as Louisiana, Connecticut, Missouri, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, California, there might be others, they have disclosures and the wording is actually a stigmatized property or a psychologically impacted property. And what that does is the realtor has to disclose any circumstances that might have uh, happened at the property that would create an emotional or psychological disturbance or concern to the tenants. Um, this primarily got started back uh, when AIDS was a big concern and we didn't know a lot about um, that disease and people who were affected with AIDS. And what happened, um, people didn't want to buy homes that uh, they were uncomfortable Someone it had the AIDS and died in the house basically. It also was expanded to cover murder, suicides, or other crime scenes or felonies that people did not want to be a part of a house that had an event like that happening. Um, you'll see cases where the, the home where Nicole Brown, uh, Simpson Brown was killed or Jeffrey Dahmer's house. Um, other things like that. So, there is actually a disclosure, not all states have it, um, but a prospective buyer or prospective renter can ask if this house is psychologically impacted or is a stigmatized property, and that would be the wording someone could use to look up to see if that's part of the paperwork. As someone who works in a field where people buy houses, I have actually seen these disclosures and documents, and it's pretty pretty wild. Um, but again, you'll see the uh, disclosure often in regard to like, Megan's Law compliance with that. But I hope this helps. I enjoy your show. Thank you. Have a wonderful time.
1: That is very interesting. That's good to know. So for any of our listeners that are prospective buyers, that way they know what documents to be looking for. I
0: want to read some of those. <laughs> I would love to read some of those.
1: You know what they do in our neck of the woods if you have a serial killer's house?
0: They auctioned it off. It. They, they auctioned it off to the local strip club owner. Oh wait, they didn't let her buy it.
1: They did not let her buy it. That's yeah. no joke. A, a local strip club owner tried to buy BTK's house and then they did not let her buy it and then they turned around and they bulldozed
0: it. Was it, she was going to do something good with it or something though? I mean, it was really it was our it was the ultra conservative end of our area that like blocked her from doing it and she really had good intentions. I think it was like something of what the hell was she going to do? I believe it had something to do with like a battery I don't know if she was going to try and turn that into a battered woman shelter or if she was going to try and get the property and then resell it and, and make a higher profit than what the city was auctioning it off for than then using those profits for something. It really was a good intent. It wasn't like, oh, let's turn it into a brothel or something of that. No. It, it, it- was like she was trying to help.
1: If she'd been anybody else in the world, she probably could have gotten it done.
0: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a bad... She got a bad rap on it. It's like, oh, the strip club owner is trying to buy BTK's house. Uh, Yeah. well, Well, why is she doing it? I mean, she's a successful business owner. Uh... So I don't know.
1: Probably because she could have bought it for a song. Honestly, who wants to buy a serial killer's house? Well,
0: the thing is, people were going to that house and, like, stealing shit out of it. And oh, that's what that they was, do. That was their problem, is people were going into this house. It was in a residential neighborhood, and they were taking, like, light fixtures and mailboxes and and anything that really wasn't nailed down. uh, People were taking and then it was popping up online and, you know, to weird, morbid collectors. Oh, I got this from BTK's house. The thing is, there's nothing that ever happened in BTK's house, at least that we know of. Um, There was no murders in that house. It was just the house that, you know, the devil lived in.
1: It's honestly going to be so full of negative energy. Honestly, because yeah. he lived there for so long. Sure. There's no way I would have bought that He had house. a
0: family, though, too. I mean... He had a family. That was completely unaware yeah. that BTK was dad. Th- that's the thing. I mean, here's my thoughts on the negative energy and that house. Yes, he was a very negative person, negative energy. But there were like three other people, or two or three other people, that inhabited that house. Completely oblivious that dad's BTK. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, most of the people who knew him as not as BTK, they, he had a pretty good reputation.
1: He had a Didn't good he... reputation, but he was not known as like the nice guy on the block. He was known as kind of the pain in the ass, was grumpy, cantankerous okay. dog catcher.
0: Okay. But still, I mean, I'm thinking you know, the, the other, and I don't know what the hell happened within that family, but... To everyone else who was unbeknownst to them that BTK was dad, there may have been some really, it it may not have been that negative. It may have been home for some people, you know, until they realized dad's BTK. Um, It may have been a fairly positive atmosphere. I don't know. It depends on that life was in that home. Yeah. But the fact that they didn't know dad was BTK.
1: Okay. Dad may, they may not have known that dad was BTK, but... Chances are And my gut's telling me He was not the nice Dad of the year type No I mean That probably was probably not, not The happy yeah. You know That was not the cleavers Yeah By day Although, you And know, then Honestly I don't know Killer at night
0: I, I don't know I I, I I don't know
1: Well Here's one thing That
0: Cause he could He's so methodical I mean I could see him pulling off A loving dad Act You know I don't know
1: Okay, here's one thing. What do you usually find when you have somebody that's up for a murder trial? You usually have their family that's in disbelief and they can't believe they're going through this and they can't believe that their loved one did this, but they're still there because that's their loved one. What happened with his family? They vanished. They got new names, new lives. They took off. Yeah. I think they... There was nothing there for them to stick around for.
0: Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, once that happens, no matter how happy your home is, if it's happy at all, it's not going to be something you stick around for. They left town, didn't they? I mean... They I was, started new lives elsewhere. Yeah,
1: yes, yeah, completely.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: It ended up the daughter... It was a, some of her evidence that ended up getting him.
0: Well... Oh, yeah. Because what happened?
1: Um, she was a... a I guess, I don't know how long ago, but she was a student at K-State, and she used the health clinic there on campus. Uh-huh. And they actually were able to, they suspected that Dennis Rader was BTK, and so they knew that he had a kid that went to K-State, at least one, and they, they thought, what are the odds? Because they couldn't get it from him mm-hmm. when he's still a suspect. You know, he hadn't even been arrested. So they looked into it to see if they had ever, you know, it, either of the kids ever used the health services there. And she had, she had gone in for her like woman's exam. And mm-hmm. so they had DNA and they matched
0: it. Ah, that's how it happened.
1: And he thought that was pretty crummy. He's not the, the brightest light bulb. He's really no, not.
0: It's interesting. Because um, to this day, he still writes letters to reporters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and some of the reporters i know and it's it's crazy like i've seen some of the envelopes and shit that he writes like he makes these little murals and shit on the envelope of like rainbows and weird shit <laughs> I mean, and he just he thinks these people are his buddy yeah i mean he is uh, Insane. Well I mean, here's insane. The th- creepy. Insane. Here's the
1: thing. The reason he came out of hiding after all these years was there was somebody that was writing a book about BTK. Yeah. And he could not stand that somebody was telling his story without his stamp of approval on it. Yeah so hubris got the best of him and he came back but he asked the detectives through some of their encrypted communication that they were doing i mean this this was they had like classified ads in the newspaper that were directed to each other so they knew who you know they were talking to all kinds of stuff but he asked them okay well if i give you this disc you can't tell where it came from right (laughs) seriously couldn't tell where it came from, right?
0: It was the lack of technology that was his downfall. Yeah. Or lack of, of knowledge of technology. That was yeah. Down. It was a three and a half inch floppy disk. It was. That eventually That's what got him. Got him. In.
1: And they were like, no, we can't tell anything. You can't tell you did this at your church. <laughs> Idiot. He's not the brightest guy. So I'd be willing to say. Oh, he's, he's a
0: genius, but. No, he's, he's
1: not a genius. He's lucky.
0: Do you think he's lucky, or he's do, was it just a really lucky. bad police force? Accor-
1: no, according to the former head of the KBI, the Kansas Bureau of Investigation, he was the luckiest guy. Was it all just ever. luck?
0: I mean, or he's was an he an like- idiot? He is an absolute buffoon. But how did he? Wow, I mean, because there, there was a lot of murders. Yeah, I mean, you got to think there's some, you know, savant sense of some sort in this guy on some angle of deviousness, and everything else. He's an idiot.
1: No, he was lucky, and it was right on the brink of being able to use some of the technology we had. Now, had he done all this and today... Yeah,
0: it would never work.
1: He would have been out there a week, let alone 30 years.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. It was the lack of knowledge and the technology. So
1: he's not that smart. I'd be willing to say whoever he was, he was that person at home. They just didn't know how bad he was. Why don't they look back
0: at all that going, Oh, yeah, there was that sign and this sign and the other sign. I don't know.
1: I bet you they have a tremendous feeling of guilt, but I don't yeah. blame them a bit. Sure,
0: I mean they had nothing to do with it. No. Um, what was that? What did that thing? What was that thing called that our caller referred to? The the documentation. Do you remember exactly what she said? I want to look this up. Hello,
3: my episode's back about whether or not a prospective home buyer can ask about.
0: I want to find uh, a listing, or I want to find other these issues documents. in the
3: household and whether or not realtors have to disclose that information. Several states, such as Louisiana, Connecticut, Missouri, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, California, there might be others, they have disclosures, and the wording is actually a stigmatized property or a psychologically impacted property. A stigmatized
0: property or psychologically impacted property. Yep. Let's see what we can pull up. Stigmatized property. Duty to disclose stigmatized property.
1: You know, that's probably not something that's just attached there when you go on um, realtor.com and you're looking at a house.
0: I'm seeing if I can actually just find a document. I'm finding what it is. Sure. But I want to find...
1: Be willing to bet that's only handed over to people that are, like, ready to sign on the dotted line.
0: Yeah, and by the way, the thing is, the interesting thing of that is um, there's there's probably... I mean, how do you define... I mean, obviously, you have some pretty obvious ones that are going to be defined as stigmatized properties, where it's... Um, you know, like a murder or you know something of that nature, but I can't find it. real I'll, I'll look this up more off the air. Um, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of things that could stigmatize a property. I mean, there could be years of abuse in a house, you know, sure. mental, mental or physical. Um, you know, and nobody ever gets murdered out of it. But at the end of the day, the people live miserable lives and they die in misery. But and I
1: think what she's referring to are, are like, documented things, like documented suicides, documented sure. murders, you know, obviously you're going to know but, when a serial killer lived there. But what about,
0: like, domestic violence or something? I mean, if that is documented, um, you know, like, time and time again, and let's say the couple, you know, eventually they die, you know, just have natural causes. They get old, they die, one of them, or they get a divorce, they move away, it's done. That's a lot of negative energy in that house. Sure could that I mean I would think that that should fall in stigmatized property because crap like that I think brings it up just as bad as a murder well you know if it's especially if it's an ongoing thing where it's years and years and years of misery versus one day somebody walked into a house and shot somebody at an otherwise happy home
1: I would you guess know? if there's a police record tracing that 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 might qualify
0: I wonder. I wonder if that would have to be disclosure if they could go, eh, it doesn't count. I don't know.
1: Or if they're making meth in the basement.
0: Yeah. I mean, what if you have Walter White down there? There you go. You know, would that be a stigmatized property? I don't know. I would say so. I would think. I mean, that's probably why the house didn't sell. Yeah. On there. Another letter. This one comes just from Corman. Corman writes, and this really isn't a ghost story. It's in regard to the idea of haunted new furniture. I have my degree in Japanese language and literature. The Japanese, as well as other cultures, believe that all things have spirits. In Japan, it isn't strange to have sacred trees or rocks or the like. Basically, what I was thinking, wondering, is perhaps it's not necessary that the trees are haunted by the souls of people who may have died. I know this sounds very new age, but it's part of the Japanese belief of Shinto. Uh, Also, the idea of astral projection uh, in one of the oldest books, The Tale of Jinjai, a character is killed by the ghost of a rival lover. However, the rival lover isn't dead, but her intent Jealousy leaves her body without her knowing it and kills the other woman. Granted, it's a novel, but the idea sounded interesting enough to share with you. Love the show. You two are awesome.
1: Well, there has to be something there that gave him the idea to write about it. So, yeah.
0: I, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that the lazy boy has a, a spirit, you know, or the uh, the Serta has a, a spirit, you know. I.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm fully about, you know, respecting nature and things that are out there and being appreciative. I'm not any way to say don't cut down the tree and make a bed out of it. I think it's there for us to do that with. But I'm I'm not about the person to say let's go cut down the tree because it sounds like fun to cut down the tree and leave it sitting there to rot. You no. know Have a purpose for what you're doing. You know, same with, you know, nature and animals and stuff too. Have a purpose for what you're doing. If there's birds taking over your yard and stealing uh, bird feed from another,
1: <laughs> don't go down. Crows that road. specifically, don't yeah. go down that road.
0: <laughs> or hunting. I mean, I, I hate it when I'm seeing you know uh, people hunting and they just leave the animals dead. You know, if you're going to go eat them, go ahead, go hunt, go crazy. Um, you know, within reason. You sure. Know. I, I'm. You know, I, I have no problem with hunting or eating meat or anything like that. That I think, if there's a purpose to it. It's a nurturing, fulfilling thing. But when you're just going out there and shooting the animal, leaving it dead, and you're walking away, I think that's insane. I also think it's fairly insane when you're going hunting on, like, a game farm where they just essentially entrap animals. You know, like the guy from Montgomery Gentry did a couple years back. You can do that? Yeah. But miraculously, everyone seemed to forget about that guy. The Montgomery Gentry guy who went and shot the bear on the enclosed captivity range. And then took the pictures. It was like, oh, you shot a bear in captivity. That's <laughs> aren't, you, aren't you, country? Yeah. That's... That douchebag. That's wrong. Um, that I'm not about either. I think that's just kind of bullshit. Um, but... <sighs> animal spirits? Okay, I can go with that. I can, I can accept that one. To an extent. Okay. And here's my extent on that. Why is every KFC not like just a raging haunted chicken house. You know, why, you know, and the answer is, well, the chickens don't die there. Well, yeah, but, you know, people don't die in cemeteries either. Okay. You know, but we have all these stories of haunted cemeteries. KFC is essentially a giant morgue for chickens. So... Uh are we is there only certain animals that come back as ghosts and i'm not saying this to be i mean i am saying it to be a smart ass but at the same time i'm asking the question legitimately because i i do believe that you can have spirits of animals i believe people have seen the ghosts of their dogs i believe that the cats or whatever i think that happens i think that exists but why is it some and not the other
1: I have no idea on that note. I'm never going to look at KFC the same way, ever. And probably any fast food restaurant, for that well, matter.
0: Well, any place they serve food, really. I mean, it doesn't have to be a KFC. I mean, why is, you know, McDonald's not, you know, just having hordes of, you know, why are we not hearing EVP moos going through the, you know, halls of McDonald's? I, I'm, I'm, seriously.
1: I don't know. Maybe it's because the animal has to have some kind of connection to somebody. You know, I mean, honestly, because you look at pets and pets or we hear about ghost pets quite a bit because they had a connection to somebody. Sure. You know, chickens don't live long enough unless they're pets. Yeah. I mean, really they get connected. Well, and
0: I, I can make the other argument here on this is these are tortured animals. I mean, especially a lot of the chickens that they get for KFC. And the way that some of these animals live, you know, in these dark coops, they some of them can't even walk. They're just raised for, you know, mutant chicken meat because they get to be so large. Um, their existence when they were around was horrific. So you talk about tortured souls, you know, if we're talking about people and a horrible existence... Uh, you know, but yes, I agree. Probably no personal connection to anyone because they were living in a dark coop their whole life. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not going down the pita route of Save the Chickens. I think that's insane to, to treat your animals like that, and your product ends up being complete shit when that's how you're raising your chickens. I mean, the quality of that restaurant has gone to shit in the past many years, the way that the factory farming is done. Um, But I don't know. It's... A thought I was thinking of the other day when I was having a McChicken. I, uh, I was just like, eh.
1: If we had the answers, we wouldn't need to do the show.
0: If someone has insight into that, I would love to hear it. And if you want to put a twinge of smartass there into your answer, go for it. Yeah. Because, I mean, it is, it's a funny thought. And I'm not in any way, uh, again, discounting the animal ghost things. I think it happens. I'm just asking why one, not the other. Maybe it is the emotional connection.
1: I don't have any idea.
0: Or do they make themselves known to their own species? Do chickens see ghost chickens? There's the line of the night. Do chickens see ghost chickens. I don't know.
1: I have no idea. And
0: I wonder I what the energy's like in one of those facilities where they're slaughtering the animals.
1: Probably not very good. I
0: wonder what that feels like when you walk through there.
1: You know, maybe it depends on the intelligence of the animal.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it probably does.
1: I don't know how smart chickens are in comparison to other animals. I know pigs are extremely intelligent. They're like right up there with dogs.
0: Yeah. I almost Um, feel guilty eating pulled pork, but I love it so much.
1: You know, and (laughs) I think most of the animals that people have as pets most of the time that they're seeing the ghost of are more of the, you know, smarter animals. Sure. Yeah. you, You don't hear about ghost mice and crap like that. Not we're going to get a letter
0: of ghost mice now. The
1: intelligence of mice, but
0: yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Just thought I'd throw it out there. Uh, ben writes in, When I was around 12 years old, my parents took me and my sisters on a vacation to my grandfather's house, which was located on the 100-acre ranch that was built in the 1930s that grew corn and raised animals. It was very creepy-looking. There was around 13 houses that the workers used that were abandoned and falling down because they were so old. My parents always told us to be careful and wouldn't let us play outside after dark because they would tell us how this huge ranch was haunted. It would tell us some creepy stories that happened to them and family members over the years. My encounter started directly beside my grandfather's house, where there was a separate place for pigs. It was creepy because to get in you had to climb a pair of huge metal gate doors. I would say they're about nine feet tall. Once in, it was a concrete jungle with a lot of different corridors and small corrals to each side for individual pigs, or it would open out to a wide open space where hundreds of pigs lived together. Me and my three cousins went to play and we would build clubs or clubhouses to play within whenever we could find. That day we decided to use what I can describe as a huge cement tub that was like four feet wide or six foot long and looked like they stored water in. We put some boards over the top for a roof and climbed inside and we started to talk and laugh when all of a sudden we can hear some noise down a long corridor. So we hushed up to listen closer. We thought... It could be our uncle trying to find us and yell to us and scold us for playing in the area which we're prohibited to play in because it was closed down and not safe. As we stayed down and quiet, trying to listen, we could hear like someone was banging some metal pipes in the cement down the corridor where we were playing at. At that moment, my cousin Fabian started to freak out, saying, I'm going to take off all nervously as soon as my other cousin saw him get spooked. They all got spooked. Next thing you know, my cousin Fabian stands up straight really fast, knocking the boards we put up for the roof. Everyone started jumping out and running, trying to get out. They left through the roof by climbing up on the ledge and then hoping to get, uh, or hopping, uh, hopping on to the roof. It's fairly easy, but instead of going that way, I bolted further down the corner to the opposite direction because there was just one wall in one of the pig's corrals, where a hole had been made on the floor that was just big enough for me to climb through which led to a house on the other side you could pop up in some room and then you could just walk out and be by the main road I knew the hole was there because me and my cousins would go there and we were playing every day as I was running down the corridor at full speed, I was filled with fear, not knowing what made those creepy noises. I took a sharp right into the corral, and just as I approached the opening on the floor, the curiosity got the best of me, and I looked back to see if anything was behind me. And when I did, I saw what I only can explain as a white mass of white floating, like two feet off the floor, ten feet away. It was in, I was then rushed with fear, scrambling to get through that little opening on the wall. I managed to quickly get through it. I stepped out of the house super freaked. My godfather was walking right by that house. I approached him all frantically, telling him what I saw and what happened. What confused me the most was that him, being a priest, didn't believe me. He just said, it was my imagination. But I know what I saw and could never forget what happened. It will be permanently engraved in my head. Thanks for your time. I love your show and look forward to it every week.
1: Do you think in that case, maybe he was trying to spare the the kid knowing that, yeah, there are such things as ghosts and you just saw one?
0: Yeah, probably. I mean, especially if you're dealing with a little kid. I mean, what would you do if one of ours came up to us and saw something like that?
1: I don't know. I honestly don't. She's at that weird age, our oldest, where I don't know. She's she's too little to handle big kid, too big to handle the little kid explanation. Yeah. I don't know if she even knows if there is such a thing as a ghost in her mind. I mean, because when she was little, we tried to, dis, you know, dispel all that. Like, no, it's, there's nothing there. I think
0: she thinks there's ghosts. I have no doubt. She really? Has, she asks me, is that place haunted? Is this place haunted? She believes there. She okay. believes in them. There's, yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as her ever seeing one, I doubt it. Um, but um, I think I think she believes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that I would entertain it right now if she came up to me and said what she saw. I would. I wouldn't tell her she was wrong or tell her that she didn't see that. I would just try and be very calm about it. I think and just be like, okay, okay. Yeah. Thanks for telling me. Ever say again? Just let me know. And not be like, oh my God, you saw a ghost. Well, you know, what do you saw? So, you know, I, I don't think I'd go down that road. And she's at that age, too,
1: where it's not beyond her to make up a story right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think if, and that, what tends to happen with any girl of that age or any boy of that age, you give some attention to some story that has a little bit of flair to it. Magically, those same occurrences are going to keep it happening over and over and because right. oh, it gets attention, right? And it gets you know so yeah, I think I was just kind of downplay it, and you know that's about it. So
1: yeah, I agree. I think that'd be a good thing to do.
0: So when she comes up tomorrow morning and says she saw a fog in her room, we're on the <laughs> same page.
1: Okay, sounds good. <laughs> you get to handle that one.
0: 855 or two. If you have a real ghost story to share with us, or. You can always write and do us on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Please remember to subscribe to the show. Tell a friend about the show. Social media is your friend, is our friend. Your friends are our friends because we all like ghosts. So please share the show. Uh, Let some people know about it. Some more subscribers, more great shows, more ghost stories. It all works out in the end. It's a win-win for everyone. And that's all that matters. So there you go. Till next time. For Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.